It is time once again, a special edition of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. A series about how to discover Jesus in some of your favorite Christmas movies. We're going to start with um, the most puzzling choice. (laughs) This is a stretch. We get it. It's a classic, but obviously there's a lot of uh, hilarious moments and parts that are not biblical as well. Most everything in the film probably could be classified as not biblical. But here's the thing. (laughs) With anything, you can look at something as a good example and Uh, learn a lesson. Absolutely. Or something as a bad example and learn a lesson as well. And I do, I spoke amiss because I do think there are a couple of good examples in this film. Sure, absolutely. And we, I call it a film. This is clearly a movie. This is not Chocolat. This is, (laughs) this is National Lampoon, Chevy Chase. Uh, I always try to edit out certain scenes with my kids. Um, yeah. Why did you move past the department store scene? What what happens there? Oh, it's one of those movies. It's one of those movies I've never heard, you know, because we work in Christian media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and there are certain things throughout the year that people go, you know, please don't talk about that. That's I've never heard a complaint about this movie <laughs> because so we all relate to it and it's so funny. <laughs> but it but there are parts that, yeah, I mean, we we you can watch the TV version for crying out loud and still yeah. still get the same amount of laughs, right? So are you gonna go first? Are you gonna share some of the Jesus you've discovered in this movie? I, I think the one thing, and we may spend the longest on this mm-hmm. because it's gonna be so relatable for our family. You're going to start with Cousin Eddie. Boundaries. Right out the bat. (laughs) Boundaries with people like this. I'm sorry. I just said right out the bat. You're not going to call me out on that? Right off the bat or out the gate. Which do you prefer? You know what? I I prefer combining them. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently I did too. So here's just one scene of many. Uh, Cousin Eddie and Chevy Chase, um, uh, Clark Griswold, are shopping. And while he's talking, he's because he brought that dog. He's putting bags and bags Which, and bags of dog food in the shopping cart. I never noticed this before until Carter pointed it out. I didn't realize it was so fast. Uh, Clark, yeah. he puts light bulbs in there. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and the rest of it's dog food. And, <laughs> like, and, and he just... And you know who's going to pay for it is Clark, right? Oh, you missed out on that one. You're pretty set so far as uh, shopping goes. Well, I can't lie to you, Clark. The truth is, things ain't going too good at all. You know, I told you I borrowed the RV from my neighbor. <laughs> It's mine. We live in it. Had to sell off the house, the barn, the 10 acres. All I kept was a 50-foot plot, pigs, and the worm farm. <laughs> and uh, three more bags of dog food on yeah. the shopping cart. And and I think it's, it is a theme of Clark, actually, mm-hmm. for the whole movie. It is suffering in silence and frustration and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And boundaries with family are incredibly difficult. Even even loving ones and people that just have annoying habits. Yeah. But but toxic people too. I know you were talking to a friend about a toxic relative. Actually, she was really broken up about it. She'd been invited over to a house, the house that she knew very well because basically this woman in her life had raised her. Her own mother dealt with alcoholism um, and passed away earlier in in my friend's life. So, um this relative stepped into that gap and and did so much for her, but over ye- the years, and I, I would I would probably think that a lot of this has to do with age, and I don't know where she is uh, in her faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to heavily rely on Jesus in our faith to stay on track, right? And if you don't have something like that, of course you're going to get off track because you're not on yeah. a track. Yeah. But she 
um, has done some mom shaming with my friend. There's been some incidents where you can tell she would not be a reliable person to leave your children with just because I, I don't know where she's at most of the time in her thinking. She's, you know, leaving the kids alone in the room or and they're little, little kids. Yeah. But the struggle being she also has a husband who's dealing with handicaps She's got four dogs in the house. There's a lot of differing. So your friend is like, this is a family member that I love and I'm invited for Thanksgiving. But I don't have any control in this situation here. But I feel like I can't not go. I have to go. And that's just the way she is. You yeah. say that about family about the, About the toxic family member. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the that's way just they are. who they are. And right? there are sometimes, absolutely, you know, you're only going to see a person for a limited amount of time and you might just grit your teeth mm -hmm. and bear it or quote covered in grace mm -hmm. just say, I, I don't think that change is going to happen during this two hours that I'm having dinner with this person. So I'll continue to pray for them and try to be, to be the change that I hope happens in their world just by setting a good example. Not because you're, you know, thinking like that. I'm a better person than they are. I will share with by by my example, you know, but right. just being Jesus in front of people, hopefully that that'll catch on. But uh, no, I was like, you need to set boundaries, perhaps even set a an appointment where you'd be like, I can absolutely come over for this amount of time, but I do need to get away to this next engagement yeah. so that you're not there for an overextended amount of time. Right. I love what we found, what Lisa Turker said. She's a best-selling author with... Um, you know, she's, she's got a story, uh, yeah, right, uh, of, of hard things that family betrayal, honestly. And I love how she said that Jesus laid down his life for a high and holy purpose, mm -hmm. not to enable bad behavior to continue. That's right. So when we come to Christ, we are expected to change. Now, he, he does the work in our hearts, mm -hmm. right? Um, but we're expected to change if we have that genuine faith. We don't just stay in our bad habits and say, well, this is just who I am. Yeah. And so that's, that. You know, I never thought about it like that. Not every th issue, like you may be thinking of family members that just have annoying habits. Like, why do you leave your cup everywhere? Why, why, why do you not, why do you insist on having five water cups a day, by the way? Like stuff like that is not near as deep. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it couldn't bring on a conversation. Sure. Uh, but things like what you're describing, that is a. It's I, ongoing. I, and I can't, especially if I'm close to them, I can't yeah. leave it there. I have to either set up boundaries uh, or have the conversation in the first place. Yeah. And then if they don't respect my, my, where I'm at, then, you know what the Bible, if it's a faith person, what the Bible says is to treat them like an unbeliever. Mm. You, you you treat them as you would an unbeliever. That doesn't mean you'd be mean or anything like that, but you treat them as somebody that you, they're not living out their faith. Maybe you're not doing as much life with that person. You might, yeah. Time might so, be the boundary, right? And and a friend of ours, she described this perfect, perfect biblical application. I'm like, I've never thought about that before. I've used Jesus as an example for setting boundaries because he said no. Uh-huh, sure. So there are different stories there to explore, but the quickest one to get to is that God created boundaries, the concept of boundaries. He is the one who established the land from the water. Like there's a giant right. boundary there, right? right? I'm like, oh, well, there you go. There's physical evidence as well as for your own mentality, for your health, of uh, your, your mental state. I, I think what's tough though is what I can do is say, okay, my relative wants me to travel the eight hours it is to go mm -hmm. to them for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or something like that. And, and then I could sit here and say, 
I've got to put in boundaries and I'm, I don't want to, I just can't, I can't do that right now. And depending on the situation, I could be right about that or I could be being selfish. Sure. And it's really tough to even know. Yeah. Like if you've worked, you know, let's say 50, 60 hours the week leading up to that and then they want you to come and it's last minute. Like I could see where it's like, I just can't, but I could also work a little bit, you know, extra or too much. And I still could get there. I could make a faith, good faith effort to get there. Right. And and then it's self, I don't know. It's so hard to know. You have to measure it and you can't be- measure it by somebody else's standard. That's true. I will never forget yeah. a story I heard from the incredible Bob Goff mm-hmm. where he is, making two different appointments within hours of each other. And we're talking about in two completely separate parts of a state. Yeah, he double booked and it's 10 hours apart. Yeah. And normally I would imagine people would say, I'm so sorry. I double booked. I made the mistake of doing that. But he managed to figure it out and he did both. Now, I think that's amazing that he was able to do that. I personally, physically and mentally would be exhausted yeah. And so you kind of have to do, you have to do some time with the Holy Spirit and say, Father, you know my heart in this. I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to be guided by my own selfish desires, but I also don't want to be guided by a guilt trip that maybe a right. family member is laying on me. Yeah. Or I'm receiving it as such because perhaps they don't even know that they're, quote, laying a guilt trip. They're just excited to see you. So having a conversation with people might feel uncomfortable at first, but I think more times than not, people... People want you to communicate with them. They desire that. And their initial response may not be hallmark quality. And, and, and that's the thing is somebody was just talking to us about this here in the, in the building that we work in, that people's opinions are, and, and just where they're at, are needed, even though in that moment it might not change you know, anything. Over time, mm-hmm. they get to, you know, especially if it's, let's say it's, it is a, a silly issue, but, but real when you're in it, you leave your plates everywhere and you never take them to the kitchen. You stayed with me two weeks and you haven't done one set of, di- you know, whatever. Um, that can really build up. It can be frustrating. And if I present that to a family member, it might not go well, mm-hmm. but as soon as emotions kind of die off and they think about that yeah, and they go. I mean, how many times have you, have you done it or you've got, you've had somebody go back to you and go, I was thinking about what you said. Mm. And, and then you all of a sudden are, are stronger and closer together. Yeah. And yeah. so what Clark, the Clark, the mistake that Clark makes the whole movie, I don't think he, all the movies, I don't, all Eddie the movies, is in all the movies. <laughs> I don't think he goes uh, at, at all into a healthy conversation about boundaries mm-hmm. in this whole movie. That's it, just family. That's just Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, just that's, what, that's what he says it is. Now, you say that you get overwhelmed when the family shows up in the first place. Folks, folks, Merry Christmas. And let it begin. The in-laws and the parents there at the door. The in-laws and the parents, and they all have words for each other. And the, yeah, it's, it's interesting because Clark's parents are probably more mild tempered. Sure. Um, sure. But some might even say flighty. Uh, and it is interesting, the conversations that you will have about health over the years, your parents, the older that they get 
and even you, the older we all get, you know, our health will change over time. So, you know, is this mold change? Did it change color? You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. really right. uncomfortable right. moments this that make color, right. our children go, oh, my word, I'm going to be in the other room <laughs> for the next five days. But uh, yeah, I think you have to be mentally prepared. And I uh, let's be honest, during this season, we are the least mentally prepared for it <laughs> because we we stretch ourselves so thin like too little butter over too much bread mm. <laughs> is how i've heard good it analogy. Said. it's a good analogy and and that's we're expecting that now host or have all the presents ready have this cheerful disposition pretend that that relative didn't say something horribly offensive just now to me mm. to my child you know all of those things. How do we prepare? And um, we were we were Carter and I talking about earlier a scenario about how when we go through grievous situations, a lot of the time people will look at us quietly and see what our response and our reaction will be. And many times that can alert people in terms of this is a faith I want to be a part of because look at how look at how well Carter did with what took place in his life. It was a horrible thing, but yeah. he acted with such grace. You know, so it's an opportunity to to share what Jesus does in our hearts. How do we get to that place with the mega stuff? Well, we make daily choices. Sure. So daily I need to be in some way getting away. Just having that moment, that quiet time co- cup of coffee. And getting into the word of God or a devotional book or a song that I just quiet myself before the Lord, start praising him because our best defense against the enemy, because he's he's always looking for ways to slip in and just make our holiday not what it should be, which is focused on Jesus. Mm. Um, it's prayer. It's praise. Uh, it's, it's scripture. These are our best weapons. <laughs> so um, measure in some way I'm doing that daily. And uh, this kind of leads into the next moment where all the family comes in and then Clark says to his wife, well, I'll be outside if you need me. Yeah, that's right. And not too later in the film, you hear where he gets it from, his own dad. If you need any help, uh, give me a holler. I'll be upstairs asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So helpful. So helpful. Yeah. But it does make me think about, I, I will admit, there have been times where I struggle where I... I've seen the women in the kitchen and then I'll see some of the men sitting on the couches looking like a lump Hmm. and not offering help. Now, I love it when the guy comes into the kitchen and says, hey, is there anything I can do to help? In the back of my mind, all the women, including myself, know he has no desire to help, but he does have a desire to love the women in his life well. And so therefore he will offer or even take up the mantle and try to get the garbage together or start cleaning the dishes without even asking. And that's always impressive. Well, and that, and before is what comes to mind for me. Cause I am the lump, uh, before the meal, <laughs> before the meal. Um, because, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I get told no, because I don't have the know-how. They don't want me yeah. <laughs> to help. Yeah. But I think it's good if you have you know, your boundaries conversation too. Okay. Yeah, you're taking care of the meal. You're, you're an awesome cook. I'll take care of the cleanup. There you go. Or I'm watching the kid. You've communicated. Or I'm, you know, yeah, communication That's is key, right? the key. And yeah. so when you see Clark walk out the door, she kind of stands there like, where are you going? A little bit. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, it, it shouldn't be triggering for us. It should be signaling us. I need to have a conversation with my loved ones, right? That does remind me of a, a trend that's gone around TikTok of, uh, 
women are are the ones posting this and they go, me before uh, a thing that we host at our house, a Sunday school party, a get together, yeah. a Friendsgiving, uh, me, and it's vacuuming and cooking and changing and getting the kids and blah, blah, blah. My husband, and he's like on top of the roof with the leaf blower. <laughs> Like men always concentrate on the outside stuff just yeah. to get out of there, I guess. Which I don't is know. exactly yeah. what happens with Clark Griswold. He <laughs> right. goes outside, he puts a jillion lights on the house and it's this classic moment and all of his time and energies are spent in, in the outside of the appearance of the house. Yes, 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 yes. Which is honestly an incredible metaphor because what's happening on the inside is deteriorating with everybody in the family. Mm. Um, what's your next thing? What's your okay. next thing? Um, there is a certain relationship that is not the first thing we remember about this movie, uh, but one quotable from of it uh, from 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 these characters. Why is the carpet wet, Todd? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, Margo. Margo. And this is a relationship, yes, between them, but between them and Clark Griswold. Oh yeah, it's not good. Hey, Griswold. Where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? And then Clark Criswold says something derogatory. Very negative, yeah. And it's it's a situation where ev eventually uh, the wife, played by Julia Lou Dreyfus, uh, gets accidentally uh, mauled by a squirrel because <laughs> she was going to go over there and punch Clark in the face, right? And yeah, it's not healthy. Not it's a not a healthy situation. And there <laughs> is, we don't know what, happened right. we, we know the type of character they are and, and and the type of character clark is but we don't know why they don't like each other from the beginning we just know they don't and there is a thing about grudges mm. in there some truth that why can't one of them just go have communication like we talked about even with family members say i'm sorry or what ha sometimes we don't know i heard a story recently about a, a woman that left a small group and the people there said she just stopped talking to us and she said they just stopped talking to me and then it's like i don't think anybody really knows right sometimes yeah. that happens where you're like how did we even get here i think it's just easier that's what we think it is uh-huh it's just easier to not have to mess with it so yeah. i'll move on or i'll ignore but guess what whatever clutter in your life brought you to that place where you are that indignant about your relationship with whoever it is, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's still cluttering the living room of your life. Yeah. And at some point yeah. you're going to have to clean it up because the next relationship, guess what? The clutter's still in the living room of your life. So Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, mm. be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And that's where forgiveness comes in about anything, even people that hurt us deeply. Yeah. I'm putting myself on a pedestal. If I'm thinking, well, their thing is unforgivable. Mm. Well, my thing's unforgivable. It's just the fact that God chose to forgive. Yeah. I mean, we, we all sin different ways and this and that. And I, God forgave me, so I should forgive others. But, but my intent was different, Carter. You don't understand. Well, okay. These are the things we tell ourselves. Well, here's the story. Their yeah. sin is worse. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's that, what we that's think. That's a whole matzo ball, right? Right. But there, there is um, a situation we just ran into. I'll try not to say too much. But there's a, a group of people that were hurt by somebody and that we know. And we're hearing their side of it. Mm -hmm. And then we heard the other person's side of it. And it seems like... They're, they're ready to, they should be ready to come together and 
And have no problems. And have no problems, like move on from it. Yeah. But we we didn't know all these people. We don't go back as far as they do, right? So we're kind of newer. Yeah. And, and their um, grudges are older. Yeah, and their grudges are older. And so we're just sitting here like, well, not really not a big deal. And then my wife reminded me of somebody that um, she said, well, it's kind of like us and so-and-so. And I go, oh, so-and-so. <laughs> oh, God. But that's different. That's different, that's though. That's so-and-so. Because, and <laughs> it's like, well, okay, situations can be different. But yeah. it, it's still, there's no um, there's no asterisk here in Ephesians. No. Right? And so, you know, it's just, it's immaturity is what it is in, in, in Christmas vacation. Mm -hmm. They should come alongside. Now, we're pointing out all these principles, <laughs> but there is not a moment of faith in this whole movie, it, at least certainly not the claim that either of these families are Jesus followers. So no, we're just making points, but. But there is like a quote, good faith about Clark Griswold himself. He's the hero which is maybe we're putting too many eggs in that basket because <laughs> yeah. he's usually falling off the ladder holding the eggs. But uh, Clark Griswold, if there's anything positive that you can say about this guy, he does love his family. Yeah. And even in rewatching this movie, um, you know, there's the moment where his wife informs him, hey, now my parents are coming over. I, I think most normal human beings would cringe a little bit thinking about how are we going to divvy up the rooms? Where are they going to stay? He doesn't bat an eyelash. Yeah, true. And some may say, well, that's because he, he doesn't live on planet earth. He's in dreamland because he's got all these giant expectations for Christmas. And that may be true, yeah. but guess what? They've made a lot of national lampoon vacation movies and they're always with family. So he clearly is a family guy. He doesn't bat an eyelash and he's like, that's great. It's Christmas. The more the merrier. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then he gets trapped <laughs> and there's no way. See, we could play a clip, but it's all visual comedy oh, in the attic, right? Yeah. He gets trapped in the attic. Speaking of um, different archetypes for characters in, in plays and things like that. Narcissism comes up quite frequently in this film and uh, his mother-in-law and his father-in-law who clearly Clark was not the choice that they would have had for their daughter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they don't really like him, but they put up with him and they eat all his food. <laughs> so, yes, they do. And she's cold. And so she sees the attic ladder is down and she's like, oh, where's the cold coming from? And then she's like, oh, I got to close the, the attic up. Well, you know the rest. So he's trapped up there. He finds some old clothes and puts them on and he starts watching these old movies and he's crying. Yeah, true. And he's looking back at the memories of his family. And he truly does have these moments of nostalgia that I don't know that we al allow ourselves during the hustle and bustle state of affairs, you mm -hmm. know, and getting gifts and making sure that the feast is just so. And did you, did you get the thing? Did you, did you, I told you to have this many placemats, you know, all this stuff that we can worry ourselves about. Yeah. And he is taking time. Well, he has to kind he of. Was forced moment. He was forced. He's kind of forced right? to. Yeah. But he, I get the feeling that that's who he is anyway. He was up there in the attic in the first place, trying to hide Christmas presents. Yeah, that's true. That tradition, where if we're honest, when was the last time that you didn't wrap a present twenty-two minutes before it was needed? <laughs> you know, I don't have anything wrapped usually right. up until like. The and day he found day. the Mother's Day gift from two years ago or whatever, <laughs> right? This must have yeah. been a family house. But I do find that heartwarming. 
Um, and it may be naive, but at the same time, there's good faith there, goodwill toward men in his mind and in his heart. Sure. He definitely needs some Jesus direction. That's for sure. Well, here's one, one element of that. Of course he wants the swimming pool, right? Yes. And the whole thing has been on the, the bonus. And then he finds out it's the jelly of the month club there at the end. And so, uh, Eddie, whose heart is bigger than his brain, he goes and he kidnaps the boss. <laughs> and finally, when he explains that, uh, another narcissistic moment is the boss. Yeah. Grisball. And <laughs> he changes his mind. It's, it's people that make the difference. Yeah. Little people like you. <laughs> so, Carl. Carl. Whatever you got last year, add... 20%. And then he faints, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so it's a very interesting moment because I think we see the difference in happiness and joy. Really? Explain. Happiness is based on our circumstances. Yes. And joy is I have... Joy. Regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of what's going on in my life. That everlasting, I can I can do okay even when my my demeanor and attitude and heart and soul mm. are okay even when the circumstances aren't. And and it's just that, and it, don't get me wrong, we might freak out too. I might. Mm. But you, you see at least with the character in the movie, his whole thing is this pool. He gets excited when maybe it's bigger than expect and 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 then it's a jelly of the month club and he loses his mind yeah and then he faints because it's so good and it's this emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. and i'm i'm not saying i wouldn't even act the same way right but because there's no other evidence that he's going to be just fine he's going to take a moment and be just fine because he has jesus and even this pool doesn't work out he's very blessed clearly he's got a great home he's got a great family i mean all that stuff mm -hmm. and so he's relying on that too much is what it would mm -hmm. indicate. Mm -hmm. And on top of the fact that, okay, pool's going to happen. He's going to fly him there and help dedicate it. And he's going to have all these same problems again. Yeah. Cause they've never been addressed. The lack of boundaries. Yeah. The narcissism, the, but it all started with good intentions. Well, he so, wants something good for his family. For his family. That's just fine, right? So I'm going to go back to something that I say enough times that makes Carter's eyes roll in the back <gasps> of his head. What it, can I, let's see if I can guess it. Guess it. Let's see if I can, is it Matthew 6, 33? <laughs> that is my go-to verse. Is that? Because he's not seeking first the kingdom of God. Because then all these other things will be added. Would be added. Be added. No, that's but a great. Then it would be this phrase. There's got to be a balance to it. There's a, that's a good one. No. Oh, what is it? It's the third Okay, phrase. the trifecta. It's he needs to anticipate anticipate as don't opposed to expectate. <laughs> so his expectations, Griswold always gets these giant, in fact, she even references them in the movie. Yeah. Very He's true. Like, Come on. When have I ever blown things out of proportion? Right. <laughs> she starts naming them. Things. Just like yeah. at weddings, funerals, dance parties, all of the things that he's yeah. ever, you know, been Clark about right. is sparky about, but, <laughs> um, the expectation is that I am going to get this pool for the family. I get to be their Santa Claus. I get to be their hero. Yeah. I I know that this Christmas is going to be the best one yet because it's with all of us together. We're going to get along. It's going to be a great meal. All of these things that he has in his brain. And then it blows up. Well, any any human being is going to blow up. Of course. I yeah. blow up. Right. And I am the biggest Oh my word. I'm the, what's the word? Perpetrator? 
yes, when it comes to expectations, because I know I do this in my family. I have these expectations uh, for the weekend and I may or may not tell them to my husband. And then when he'll see me at the end of the weekend, it'll be like, honey, you okay? I'm like, you know, I just thought we might be able to spend some more time together doing thus and so or whatever. He's like, well, you didn't. Yeah, say it. Yeah. Why didn't you say anything? And so I have to go. First of all, that's my fault because I'm not saying anything. And secondly, and maybe it should be the first of all, God doesn't want us to expect certain things to happen because if I expect that I live a completely healthy life, mm. I think I'll be sorely disappointed. Yeah, I already have been because there are things in my life that I have to take medicine for currently. Um, I can anticipate though, how God will use all of the things that he allows to touch my life for his purpose and his glory and just see what he has waiting around the corner to make all things work together for good. My wife and I came up with a phrase and I don't know if you'll like it or not. I think you'll like it, but it removes the word anticipate. Are okay, you, are you okay. ready? I don't know if I'll like it. Especially with family. I think we said this about Is Matthew 633 in this. No, one? it's not. No, okay. it's not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, especially with family coming. We, we coined this term. I want to have good flexpectations. Oh, that's good though. Let's be flexible. Flexible. Expect. I mean, yeah, we're kind of using that loosely with anticipate, expect, but uh, expecting, okay, we'll do this and that, but let's be flexible. Flexpectations. I think flexpectations is the perfect way of, of trying to bring across the point because I think if you went to Webster's, they would say, oh, those are synonymous expectations, anticipations. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're not, there's, there's a, there's a hairline fractures difference. Yeah. It's usually a hairline fracture that takes you to the place yeah. of figuring out what the difference. What an interesting phraseology. <laughs> um, I, I think I think with what you, you kind of mentioned earlier about how we can deal with circumstances and the people around us, the people that, that might be sitting at our table that even have been for years, mm-hmm. decades, and I treat those as people that it's just going to always stay the same. But one thing that happens in my life that I handle well because of faith might help bring that person to faith. Mm. And it's it's difficulty, it's tragedy, it's how we deal with these things. And my pastor was comparing it to, um, if we have a seed of faith mm-hmm. and we want it to become something, we want it to become fruitful, where I am making a difference in this world because Jesus is making a difference through me. And sometimes, oftentimes, the thing that fertilizes that seed in nature is manure. Yeah, it's not the good stuff. <laughs> it helps that seed grow mm-hmm. into something fruitful. So when I deal with a diagnosis or I deal with not getting a swimming pool, I'm able to then be fruitful from it, showing kindness and mercy mm-hmm. and grace. And people then see that and go, how and how do I get it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. It doesn't mean to say that you're not going to have I was watered moments. Somebody poured into me moments or the sunshine smiled on me moments because those are needed for growth in nature too. But yeah, we got to remember it's all, it's a, it's a package deal. It's what we talked about last week, right? The Hallelujah Anyway song I'd love for you to check out from Ren Collective. It's it's on last week's episode. It's we in Christian culture have been promised only sunshine and water in a lot of areas. Yeah. And that's not true. One other thing about the narcissist boss Oh, yes, Grisbaum. You know what? Nobody likes this guy, right? (laughs) Keeps calling him the wrong name. He's got all those presents that look exactly the same. Haven't you always wondered 
what is in the those boxes. Man, he got a lot of gifts. They're all the exact same package, shape, and size. Have you ever noticed that? I don't think I have. Every single the, one of in them. In the boardroom, is that what you're talking yes! about? Okay, yeah. They're all the same shape. So I was like, what's in there? But anyway, when he comes <laughs> tied with a Christmas bell, uh, chained or roped or whatever it was uh-huh. that Eddie did. Right. Um, he has a change of heart. There is this humbling moment in his life. Now it's not perfect because he still calls him. What do you call him? It wasn't uh, Clark. Clark. He called him uh, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> but that's repentance, isn't it? He recognized I messed up. Yeah. And I, th- I think, um, in all of this, in terms of following after Jesus, a lot of the times when well, a lot of what I shared today, I think it really is pointing about the other and saying, okay, so this is how we can deal with the other situation and what I can do in my life to help with that. But now I need to hold the mirror up to myself and say, am I one of the problem makers? Mm-hmm. Do I need to mm-hmm. humble myself? Have I caused something here where, where others are stumbling around me because I've been offensive? Well, isn't it so easy when you look at two of your, kind of like I described earlier, you describe, uh, you have two friends that are in a fight and from the outside perspective, you're not in the fight. You just yeah. have two friends that are in one, and you're like, man, they did this wrong and they did this wrong. Easy. Yeah. But when you're in it, <laughs> I was justified. It's like when you were talking about that guy. That's different. It's different. It's different with that guy. (laughs) Hey, so we're going to have fun this month with this series again. If you are new to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast and you haven't binged um, enough episodes to get back to last year, we did this last year. Yes. uh, This exact series with different movies. uh, Elf. Home Alone. Home Alone, Polar Express, and The Grinch. Yes. All last year. So if you're like, man, I can't wait till next week. Take your time with those, and then we'll be back next week with a different movie. And if you wouldn't mind while you're there on your app, you can leave a review, a five-star review, if you wouldn't mind. And maybe your favorite Griswold Christmas film. I love it. I love it. Thank you. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. 